Welcome everybody to another episode of Needs Some Introduction. I'm your host, Victor, and in the background you're hearing Battle Flag by the Low Fidelity All-Stars. Actually a remix of a song by Pigeonhead, two artists that I've completely forgotten. But I've included the song here because I want to talk about music in general in these episodes for at least a few moments. And I think this song is ripe for a TikTok awakening based on a couple of breaks here in the song. This one. Or perhaps even this one. And I discover or rediscover music through watching television shows. And this song was used at the end, the most recent episode of Blackbird, the third one, a series on Apple TV+. So I really do like when you see a song that was so ubiquitous back in the day, this is in the late 90s and early 2000s, not only on the radio, or at least on alternative radio, but in every TV show, whether it was the first season of The Sopranos, whether it was ER, whether it was the trailer for uh, Charlie's Angels, the first Charlie's Angels movie. This song is all over the place. And a one-hit wonder, but just surprising to think about something that was so big and then disappears, but may be ripe for reappraisal. So that's my challenge to all you TikTokers. See if you can make this one into a thing. For today's episode, spoilers, spoilers, spoilers across the board. I first speak to Nick, my co-host, pertaining to most of these Marvel conversations. We discuss the Doctor Strange sequel. We discuss the Thor Love and Thunder movie, which is currently in theaters. We discuss Ms. Marvel, which wrapped up this week. And then non-Marvel stuff, we get into Stranger Things. We get into The Boys, which just wrapped up last week. And there is a recap of The Boys that I posted just a little over a week ago now if you want to track that down oh and of course right off the bat we discuss the return of better call Saul and many many of you here on the feed have listened to that episode and if you haven't please do check that out we have a very good conversation Sona and I about that and Nick and I also touch on it briefly here in this recap so if you don't want to get spoiled on specific topics check the show notes specifically for this episode I will have the timestamps for each one of those topics. And then towards the end of the episode, also a conversation I had with my sister, Celia, about The Old Man, a show that we were very excited about, which has gone terribly, terribly <laughs> off the rails. And we do discuss it there. I have not seen the most recent episode, but we will definitely come back next week and give us our final appraisals of that show. I don't think it's going to be good, by the way, but that show does wrap up next week. And I will be discussing that finale with my sister. She'll be back on the show. In that same conversation, we also discuss the Anthony Bourdain documentary, Roadrunner, that's available on HBO Max, which tied into our conversation about The Bear, a very good show, and we had a full spoiler conversation about that show. If you haven't caught up with it, please do catch up with it and then listen to our episode uh, last week about The Bear. And of course, we will be back on Tuesday with the next episode of Better Call Saul, the fallout of the shocking events of this week. As usual, 
subscribe so you know when those episodes become available. And specifically this week, by the way, Nick and I have a challenge at the end of our conversation. First, if anyone can explain to us what makes Thor a god versus some kind of alien, if you can explain that to us and how Gore goes after Thor, Gore goes after Thor, but not after Captain Marvel or someone like that, which is just super powered. So what's the difference between a god and just a generic super powered alien? And also, can you explain the ending of the Spider-Man film? I'm not going to spoil it here, but we do get into it in our conversation. And we are still scratching our heads about how that whole memory racing thing works. So if you have a theory, please do reach out to us. Need some introduction at gmail.com. And I'll read your responses on the air if you provide us with any theory at all, whether we agree with it or not. <laughs> I promise I will read it on the air. And oh, of course, next Friday, not only will we be wrapping up this season of The Old Man, a very uneven season. But you will have my review of Nope, the new Jordan Peele film, which I'm very excited to see, very much like this first two films. But I am skeptical of this one, very skeptical. And I will give you my whole theory of Jordan Peele and M. Night Shyamalan, and maybe, just maybe, not a good corollary. All depends on how Nope turns out, but I'll have my review and my career parallel for those two directors later in the week. All right, so Nick's back on the show, and I have hey. many things to talk to you about. Some general things, some uh, some more specific. And uh, right off the top, everybody, this is going to be spoilers across the board. There's going to be a conversation with my sister later on, which is also full of spoilers. But with Nick, Nick has caught up on a whole bunch of stuff that we've been covering here on the show. We're going to be talking about Better Call Saul and a very strong episode, so we'll, we'll get into that. Then The Boys, which wrapped up last week, and I know you've caught up on that. Then Ms. Marvel, which wrapped up this week, and the Thor movie, which I have many, many things to say about the Thor movie. And uh, and you finally saw Doctor Strange, which uh, you're very positive on, and I was pretty positive on it as well. And we could just talk about what's going on with Marvel in general with like, my goodness, they have like a 20 TV show slate ready to go. It's insane. The, the uh, volume of stuff that's coming out. And uh, I'm starting to feel like that might be a little too much, <laughs> too much content. But on a positive side, let's start with Saul. What did you think of this week's episode of Saul? Vince Gilligan never ceases to amaze me, I guess, uh, because it's like every episode is better than the last. And uh, I thought it was an incredible episode. I mean, the only negative I would say is how Lalo went down. I thought that was a little bit simplistic, you know, because he's such like a charismatic, yeah. charismatic character that he died. But you knew that when it was just him and Gustav in the in the in the pit you know, soon to be meth lab. Yep. You knew Gustav was coming out of that thing, obviously, because he was a breaking bad and well, it wasn't. So, you know, that was a little anticlimactic, but um, otherwise it was a phenomenal episode. You know, it's kind of interesting also with like at, at the very end, you know, it's it, um, that Howard and Lalo are yeah. both buried <laughs> in mm -hmm. the yep. meth lab. That's going to be such a huge part of breaking bad. And it's kind of, it was kind of tragic, you know, for, oh for my God, Howard, yes. Howard to go out like that. That was that was pretty sad. No, it was a great episode and the whole way it was set up and, you know, Lalo's plan to really use uh, Saul or uh, Kim as a distraction. Yeah. And and Fring, you know, figured it out, I guess, for lack of a better word, interrogating Kim, you know, yeah. and she said, you know, how did you convince him? And, he, and, you know, Saul convinced him and was like, oh, wait a minute, this was just a decoy. You know? Yeah, exactly. Knew right away. Very, very tragic end for Howard's character oh and his God, character yeah. arc. We knew he was dead, right? We've right. known he's 
we know we've known he's been dead for a few months now or a couple months, however long it's been six weeks, just the finality of like seeing him put in the grave that becomes the breaking bad meth yeah. lab is like, it just, it hurt, you know, and, and he wasn't, <laughs> yeah. a, he wasn't like a character he terribly liked, you know, he's, right. he was a jerk. He was always a jerk to Jimmy, but just to know now that he's like <laughs> underneath Walt and, and uh, Jesse, you know, while they're cooking meth in, yeah. in, in the lab, it's just crazy, you know? And buried uh, with his, uh, buried with his killer, right? Like they're trapped yep, together. Buried with his killer. Yep. Yep. That, there was uh, something about that. And I said this in the, in the episode earlier this week, but there was something, and I can't even explain what it was. It's just something that really, really disturbed me. Just the idea that he's just yep. buried under there, forgotten. Uh, you know, it, it's just like you said, it's extremely tragic. And, and I'm not a fan of Harrod at all, but like, uh, like Sona said in that uh, recap, she said the indignity of it. And I'm like, exactly. It's just like you have stripped this person of any kind of dignity they have. It's pretty, it was very disturbing. And I think that that's very intentional that they're really reminding you, like you said, after six weeks, you know, the shock of Howard being shot, but they're really reminding you like how ugly this whole thing went. And you know what? Kim and uh, Saul did this to him. Yep. Yep. And uh, so it'll be interesting to see now where it goes. You know, obviously Saul will get past it because we know his character um, but is this ultimately what sends Kim on her way to the point where we don't see her in Breaking Bad? Because, I, you know, as we discussed in the past, I do not think Kim is going to die. Right. I think the whole component of the show related to the um, cartel, I think, at least in Saul, is probably over at this point. Um, yeah. Other than the fact that you might have a little bit more Gus uh, and Mike character development until the end but i think for the most part with Lalo out of the picture now i I would have to think that now they're really going to focus on the jimmy and kim relationship maybe in the next episode or two to see what happens to her during the course of breaking bad and you're probably you know like we were talking about last time you're probably going to see some time jumps coming forward now and uh you may see some activity uh in jimmy's life during the breaking bad you know while the events of breaking bad are going on and then ultimately, you know, you have to imagine that at least the last episode is going to be him in Omaha and find out what happens. I wonder if that cab driver that that was able to figure out it was Jimmy in Omaha was a private investigator that she hired to locate him. Although I don't know. I, I read somewhere somebody made had that theory. Um, well, to add to that possible theory is that I don't know if you knew this or not, but in the flashback, we saw it in the flashback this week. I had read about it. Before. It's the only reason I even noticed it. But in the flashback that there's a different actor playing the cab driver. Now, the reason that is, oh. is because the actor who they originally hired, we actually just saw him. Anybody who has been watched um, We Own the City, uh, he was one of the investigators in that oh. show. And because of scheduling conflicts with that show, I believe that show, but it might have been other things as well. He couldn't come back because apparently they reshot just recently, just in the past few weeks, they shot more present day black and white material. And since he was unavailable, they basically needed to recast that actor. So it's interesting that they probably had to. Well, first of all, I assume there's going to be a decent amount of interaction with that actor because you don't even with the original casting, you don't hire someone like that to just do one scene. Right. So. Uh, but more importantly is that the fact that he wasn't available, if they were just going to minimize his role or, you know, you could have very easily brought in another actor. If it's just going to be, they need one more scene. You could just have, it's a different guy who he runs into, right? The fact they recast that character uh, makes me think that they're 
actually tinkering with the ending of the series, which I think is pretty interesting that they're still yeah. tinkering even now. So that's pretty exciting for me to think that yeah, maybe yeah. they came up with like a cool ending or cooler ending. I'm sure they probably came up with a good one to start with. Yeah, that is interesting. I mean, it, it, you know, it's if, if in fact, you know, there's some relationship there with Kim, you know, that she got this guy or, or in some, some capacity, you know, some tie into her uh, in some way. Well, that you know, she's be, from Nebraska, really right? Her yeah, exactly. Nebraska, right? So. Exactly. She she might have spotted him and then hired this guy to, to locate him or something like that. Who knows? Despite everything that he did in Breaking Bad, although he really was never really a bad guy. And and you saw that from his background in, in this show. Um, you're hoping that he gets a little bit of a happier ending than Walt maybe did. Although even Walt yeah. got you know, his revenge at the, at the end of Breaking Bad. And Jesse had, I guess, as happy of an ending as you could have, uh, you know, for him uh, making it up to Alaska. Um, he rides off into the sunset in that um, yeah, that movie, in, right? The in the movie, El Camino, exactly. And uh, so it's almost like, you know, everybody, except, well, except for Hank, of course. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, and Gomi. But, uh, you know, f- for the most part, though, you're hoping that, or at least I'm hoping that Jimmy does get some, maybe he'll end up with Kim in Omaha. Who knows? How about Mike, though? Uh, Speaking of indignity, right? Yeah, Walt. yeah. Well, you know, that's the amazing thing. Walt got the jump on him. This guy yeah, was like exactly in, impenetrable. Yeah. And and Walt, Walt ended up getting him. I've read that that's somewhat inconsistent and that's somewhat of a, you know, a plot hole just to keep Walter White alive and then killing off Mike. But Walt was a genius. So, I mean, yeah. and he did get the drop on Gus as well. He wasn't a genius when he got Mike, though. That was just him. You know, he literally just like yeah. walks up to the he car and shoots him. Yeah, yeah. true, true. But I, but I think what's interesting about it in this episode specifically, speaking of Lalo, I think that it's almost like a theme in the show now that, you know, Gustavo is so on his game in this particular episode that he's able to outwit Lalo, for example. I almost made me think about Lalo's demise, kind of almost anticlimactic demise to, to Lalo. But I think that it's because he was a little overly confident. He thought he had this whole thing figured out. It was him and Gustavo one-on-one, and he thought he had the upper hand. And I mean, I think that you look at everybody who died in the show, that's pretty much what happens to every single one of them. And when I say the show, actually, I should be saying Breaking Bad is where most of these people actually die. But it's almost across the board. It's like they get a little cocky, (laughs) and then they die. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Only five more. I know. I'm going to be so sad when it's over. You know, I wonder if they'll ever do anything else. I doubt it. I mean, obviously, they're not going to do a prequel or anything, but I wonder, is there any more story to tell in that universe? They're actually, once again, this is something that's being worked out. They're actually working on two pilots for spinoffs. I don't know if one is maybe, I hear rumors that it might be a Kim show. So, mm. uh, so there might be, uh, there might be other stuff there. Once again, this is like so early, like they're writing stuff. It's not like anything's been shot yeah. or anything at all. Uh, speaking of um, the total digression, but I just want to throw it in there. Uh, you're a Game of Thrones fan. Uh, how yes. excited are you for the Dragons show? Uh, you know, it's interesting. I, I think I, there's there's so much that I've been looking, you know, looking forward to watching that I haven't really thought about it much. But now that like most of these shows are kind of coming to an end with with Better Call Saul, also with only five more episodes, I'm um, going to start focusing on that. I'm, you know, I'm somewhat excited. I, I, you know, my expectations are tempered because Game of Thrones ended so poorly. Yeah. It's a shame because I used to go back and watch Game of Thrones um, before every season and yeah. start from the beginning again. I must have watched Game of Thrones from beginning to end, not including the last season, but <laughs> right. um, probably four times. And I, I just, you know, 
loved the show. And then I just feel like the last season just, I don't want to say ruined it, but it, you know, it didn't, it didn't do it justice. And it's kind of like, uh, the ending was like so unsatisfying that it was like, wow, we, you know, we, 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 we watched the show for all these years and then it was kind of a dud of an ending. No, this should be good. I mean, you know, just to see how it all, I guess, not necessarily starts, but the, you know, the Targaryens and, and how um, the rise of that family and, uh, you know, with that family in, in control. I got two pieces of trivia for you that you might be interested in. One is we, we could take it offline because maybe when we get closer to the launch of the new show, I have my theory on how they, they screwed the pooch in that whole final season. In my mind, I'm always trying to rewrite like what, where did the yeah. movie go wrong? I'm, that's kind of just what I do all the time. And I you know, and I'm not going to waste your time with it now. Maybe we'll have a whole episode about it later. But you could have fixed that final season. They could have actually been fixed. And uh, and it's pretty some and I'm shocked that they didn't fix it, basically, is how I feel about it. That's one thing. But the second thing I want to bring up in regard to that, that might be tantalizing to you if you're not aware of it, is that HBO has picked up. I think it's official now that there is going to be an immediate sequel series that follows Jon Snow up beyond the wall. Really? Yeah. And he just signed on to play the role. So that actually is really exciting to me because in some ways, since it's an immediate sequel, you can imagine he could have his own you know, storyline there, but there could be more to that story and they can still kind of fix things because it would be almost like another chapter to this story. Because you can imagine them introducing, maybe he decides to stay beyond the wall but if things are happening down south you know we can introduce other characters the story could expand again right so i actually find yeah. it very very exciting no that's that's awesome because yeah there's a there's a way they could possibly retcon the end or at least exactly. fix it like you said yeah um i, I felt like they should have had they should have explored more of the ability of Bron to, to uh, time travel yes and uh you could have done some crazy things i thought that there was a possibility that they could have maybe brought ned back or, or something where like he intervenes in, in in some way shape or form alters history you know beyond just hodor <laughs> right right <laughs> you know like just goes back and does something you know like talks to somebody or tells somebody to do something in in such a way but no that would be great further further season will be that that'll be cool the john snow sequel yeah, I'm, I'm more. I'm kind of more curious about that one. Uh, although I'm definitely, I mean, the pre preview for the Dragons show looks yeah, uh, no, great. It did look so very I'm good. curious. Yeah, very curious. Are you Lord of the Rings fan at all? Um, actually, believe it or not, more more of the books than uh, yeah. than than the movies. Uh, I actually, you know, I like the 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 trilogy movies. I guess was it broken into four movies or three? Three, yeah, three, yeah. The Hobbit was broken. <laughs> it felt like before. six, but it was. Yeah, yeah I never oh, watched the Hobbit, the Hobbit. The Hobbit shows are not. No, don't even bother. It is like yeah, a- I never watched those movies. Um, but I love the books and the uh, Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit. Uh, I've read those a few times, but um, movies. The movies were good, um, but I never was interested in watching the Hobbit movie or movies. Four movies, one book. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> just done in one. It's crazy. Definitely should have just been one. All right, next topic is the boys. So that just wrapped up last week. What was your uh, feel for that oh, show? I loved it. I, lo- I I love that show. I love that show. The only the only thing that was disappointing with the boys, it's like I kind of feel like I'm always talking about like, well, what disappointed me? Very entertaining show. Love the show. The only my only gripe with the this season of the boys was that I feel like nothing really got accomplished. Yes. Um, with the season finale because yep. um, Soldier Boy's still alive. He's just locked back up. Right. Uh, Homelander's even more of a psychopath. Yep. And now everybody likes him. So I guess that's a little bit of a shift. Right. 
and then Mavis still alive. Yeah. Although she they didn't kill anybody. It's just crazy. They didn't, they, yeah. They didn't kill yeah. anyone except right. for um, uh, Black. Uh, he's not dead. They're bringing him back. <laughs> you think he's not, <laughs> he's dead? not dead? No way. He's not dead. Black Noir. You think Black he's Noir. I, back? I, I believe he's coming back. Yeah. I mean, I think it like, you know, he like disemboweled him, but I, I don't think he's dead. I, I think he's coming back. You don't think he's dead? No. And uh, and then I guess, you know, Butcher has what a year to live, but they'll, somehow they'll fix that. Too, exactly. I'm sure. Yeah. They'll give him permanent but, so that days, was, right? Yeah, that was like a disappointing that was a disappointing aspect of the of the season is that nothing really changed. Um yep. Yep. other than the fact that I guess the head popping psycho woman is now probably gonna become the president. Exactly. Because yeah. She'll pop the president's, president's head, head off and, exactly. yeah. And then she'll become the president. But um, so that's they're obviously setting that that's been set up for next season. She's going to be the big baddie right. that the boys go after. Along and with Homelander, right? Homelander becomes Homelander. like a. Uh... I mean, I felt like they, sh- they should have killed Homelander. They yeah. should have like that would have, you know, I thought that they were going to. I finally thought, wow, they're going to get rid of Homelander. And that would have actually been shocking. But they didn't uh, they didn't go there. I had a better take. Once again, I'm always trying to correct these things in my head. And I was so looking forward to this. Look at Soldier Boy, even Maeve, right? He only took away her powers and somehow she still survived that fall. I mean, that's all nitpicking, but I did find that a little dumb, but you know, I'm fine. I'll accept it. <laughs> but what I was thinking, the, the setup for the whole entire season for me was that uh, Soldier Boy, whether he made it through or not, would detonate and would remove Homelander's powers. Yeah. Then you would have so many things you could possibly do with his character. A, you know, they have temp V, like this V is like, you know, easy to get your hands on on this show, which is another thing that bothers me a little bit with the show. But you can imagine him desperately trying to get the V again because he can't live without his powers. You can imagine him like having lost his powers and now maybe actually getting some humility, like becoming a human being without his powers, like having to deal with himself. So I'm like, wow, there's a lot of opportunity there. And what a great actor. I mean, like the only reason this show works because I absolutely despise Homelander. And there are times when I, yeah. like in season two, I wanted to quit the show because I couldn't stand watching him anymore. But the fact that he can be a 100% bully and still just utterly pathetic. So you actually don't, yeah. you know, you you feel like, you not sympathy for him. He's the most pathetic person on the show, even though he's the most powerful person on the show. And that is kind of uh, what makes the show kind of interesting to watch. But uh, I would have loved to see him lose his powers. And I mean, that's what they're setting up. That's like, that's literally what Soldier yeah. Boy does. And then they don't use it. They just put Soldier Boy back on ice again. I'm like, what, what was the point of all that? It's crazy. Yep. Yep. No, I agree. I agree. I mean, I like the show, though. I did like the yeah, season, by the way. Yeah, I, did like I, I, yeah. I did, too. I, I thoroughly enjoyed the season. I was just a little bit disappointed yeah. um, because the first two seasons, both finales were, were really phenomenal and really moved the arc along. Right. close some marks and move and move the show along and this one sort of you just felt like they were back really at the beginning of the season at the end yes. of this one there wasn't really much that changed in in the season for the most part if nor's not dead then really nothing happened <laughs> nothing changed at all the deep comic relief of course is is you know <laughs> yes with the octopus is you know it's, <laughs> yes. it's, it's pretty crazy i do feel like the show doesn't know what to do with some of those characters like for example deep and a train both but like yeah. deep and a train deep even more than a train this year but a train maybe in season two was kind of like totally sidelined and then uh this season it kind of seemed the same thing happened to to deep so a train kind of had his own side story uh but it didn't really intersect with the rest of the show and then deep was like you know like you said comic relief but then what how did he factor into anything that happened on that show at all he's just this kind of side character you know yep yep 
So I do feel but, like they have too many people on the show. Too. <laughs> they don't know how to write them off at this point. I wish the seasons were longer than eight episodes. Yes, um, that's a problem too. I agree. You know, yeah. if you if you did maybe ten episodes, it would be yeah. a little bit better. Kind of got a little bit of like a Stranger Things vibe this season because Stranger Things also the finale didn't really move the envelope. Not to sidetrack us, but even with Stranger Things, you know, nothing really, nothing was really resolved at the end of that episode, the final episode, uh, other than the fact that. If, hopefully I'm not giving you anything. I'm sure you've caught up. Or, oh, but, no, I've, I've seen it. Yeah. yeah. You know, other than Papa getting killed or dying, you know, right. nothing really changed. You know, we lost Eddie. Uh, What's-her-face is in a coma right now, but, um, you know, in the hospital. But that season finale also sort of, I liked it a lot, but sort of like the same thing at the end. It was like, all right, we didn't really, you know, there wasn't really anything huge that happened in the episode you're going to be even more annoyed by this although once again i definitely enjoyed the stranger things show i'm not a huge fan of that show but it's very watchable it's very easy to binge the episodes were all way too long this this year of all years this is like crazy how long they made those episodes yeah not just the last ones but my general impression of the show was that those first like seven episodes was all table setting and then it was all setting up those last two episodes yeah and then those last two episodes honestly are just table setting for the last season. season, which is going to be next yeah. season. But this is why I was going to say, this is going to be even more frustrating to you. They have teased that the next season, the finale, the final season is going to be the back to the future season. So there will be time travel in that episode. And like, I guess 11's uh, power. Oh. That is going to be frustrating. Cause it's like, if they're going to like actually get rid of some of these characters on the show, which they did, you know, barely do any of that. And they're going to rewind all this. It's like, well, <laughs> was this what season even necessary for the rewinding? Exactly. Oh no. Well, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But you know, listen. Enjoyable. Likewise, the boys. Yep. Very, very fun to watch. I'm looking forward to the next season of the boys. The acting is great. I, I really like all of the characters in the boys. There's very few characters I don't like, and I'm just, with the exception of like, you know, like when the deep comes on, I kind of roll my eyes, like, ugh, you know, yeah, like yeah. this is, you know kind of annoying but otherwise uh you know it was funny you, some of those scenes were very funny so, some of the scenes are very funny but you know whether you like the character or hate the character they're still great characters right, and right. and really excellent acting um yes i i, I enjoy uh, uh the show very much all right next topic <laughs> let's try to rapid fire through these <laughs> ms marvel wrapped up this t- this week and uh, and I actually enjoyed it. I uh, thought it was for what it was, you know, not a show for me, but I did enjoy the Spider-Man aspects of it. I even enjoyed, you know, when they I, I actually joked with this when I was talking to Sona about it because she doesn't watch comic book movies. And, it, you know, the kind of the familiar relationships that remind me of her mother and, you know, the relatives and her family. And I'm like, if you knew that there was a Marvel episode where three generations of Pakistani women ironed out their family issues while they massage each other's feet. I was like, uh, I actually was very shocked to see that in a Marvel show. Uh, now, whether uh, that works for you or not as a, as a Marvel show, that might be your your mileage may vary. I didn't mind it in general. And I actually thought that the, the finale, the last episode, I thought was pretty good. Uh, I like the, you know, the, the mythology and I liked the, the action in that final episode. Uh, I know you were not having a great time with that show. So where did you land by the end? Yeah. I mean, um, it, it wasn't for me. It's not something I'll watch again. Although I do, I have to say, I do like the Kamala character and yeah. the actress that played her. To be honest with you, I'm actually looking forward to seeing that character in the Marvels. Marvels. Did you saw, did you see, you saw the bonus episode, right? Is yeah. The, the, at the very end where Carol Danvers shows up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah um, so I am looking forward to seeing that character in the movies. Um, the show, my problem with the show was I felt it dragged um, mm-hmm. certain episodes dragged. I, I also thought it was a little bit 
ridiculous that the federal agency that goes after the superheroes now that they were so aggressive against her. Dude, she's she's a superhero. Like you wouldn't do that to Captain America, you know. Like I, that was like a little bit of a plot hole for me. Yeah. Why are they Why are they going after her? You know, like that because it doesn't make any sense. Similar to you, it wasn't a show for me. Not geared for me. Geared for younger kids and such. Uh, and then the other issue I had though was um, some. I don't necessarily know if it's an inconsistency, but again, conceptually speaking, I guess these. I forget the gin. The gin. Yeah. Genies, basically. Yeah. Okay, so they're from a different dimension. So I'm like sitting there going, okay, now is this a different universe or different? Like, what's so now within each universe, you have different dimensions with each universe, or is it, or was this really just a different universe that was potentially collapsing upon itself? So I felt like that was an inconsistency. And I feel like they need to like do a little bit better. Marvel, meaning, you know, in terms of like describing how all these components fit with each other, because now you've got, you've got the multiverse which we've yep. talked about yep. and you've got where Loki is in the TVA, which presumably the actions of the, the female Loki in Loki created all these multiverses that now you're seeing in Dr. Strange and Spider-Man and whatever. Yep. What is this whole thing now with this separate dimension where these people are from? <laughs> now we've got There's dimensions. Way too much, and I don't know if they're going to tie all this together, but I think that's a, a big Marvel issue right now. Yeah. Um, I honestly don't know if they need to resolve all of this just for the fact that I think if they do try to over explain it, then it, it, it only gets worse because you already have opened that can of worms where you have, you know, you have multiple dimensions. So you have people on earth in multiple dimensions. You have people from different planets. You have people from different planes of existence. You have like the watcher watching all these multiverses. Yeah. You have, it's just like, there's way too many uh, layers uh, 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 upon layers upon layers. And I mean, just uh, we'll, we'll talk, I'll save this for, for the Thor conversation, but like there's the whole mythology behind the mighty Thor, the Jane character yeah. in the comics, you know, she goes to Valhalla, I guess I'm, I guess I'm going to step into it right now. We'll, we'll transition over to that, <laughs> but like she goes to Valhalla after she dies, but similar to the, she did in the, um, yeah. in, in the, the movie itself. But then she comes back as Valkyrie because, you know, Valhalla is just another, you know, just another plane of existence and they bring her back. And so, you know, like Valhalla is supposedly where you go, you die, but you can still bring people back. I guess you can bring people back from anywhere at this point. Right. It's just it's 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 too much. I I guess the whole thing with the dimension and and, uh, Miss Marvel, though, I guess conceptually, you could say then, you know, it's it falls more along the lines of Dr. Strange situation where, you know, he used the mirror dimension. So maybe it's a dimension in that capacity that these people are from a different dimension because he does use different dimensions to trap villains, you know, like the mirror, the mirror dimension, right? I guess. So maybe it's like that. So speaking of maybe putting too much on their plate, what did you think of the, uh, the new Thor movie, Thor, the love and thunder. Yeah. Uh, I definitely liked it a lot. I wouldn't say it was as good as Ragnarok. Yeah. Um, I had gone in, I, you know, I had heard that it was, might be better than Ragnarok, but then it's funny after I saw it, I saw some reviews cause I didn't want to get spoiled. So I was staying away from yeah. any reviews or anything. A lot of people hated it. Um, yes, I have yes. to say, I, I really liked it. Um, I thought it was entertaining. I think the only negative I had is I, I was like, I wish there was a little bit more Guardians, uh, you know, at the <laughs> yeah, beginning of it. A little better. It's amazing they bring the, they brought them in and then they use them so little. Yeah, there was very, very little done with them. I think, you know, Rocket and Groot had like two lines and that was about it. And uh, I thought they would maybe have them in for maybe the first 10, 15 minutes of the movie. And they were they were really just a really small cameo for them the reason I was curious to have this conversation with you was because exactly of what you just said. When I made my immediate review last week, when I saw this movie, I said, 
it's not as good as Ragnarok. It's very messy, but I said it's better than the other Thor movies. And I like it approximately as much as I liked the Doctor Strange movie. That's That was my review at the time. And I think that after seeing Doctor Strange, that that movie has actually gotten better in my mind. And the Thor movie has gotten worse, <laughs> but I still did enjoy it. And, and I can get into why uh, the movie um, doesn't work in some places. But I, I was actually kind of hoping that you would have the really negative take, because to your point, <laughs> some people are still fans of it, but not just critics. I mean, among fans, there's been a lot of very, very negative reactions. Now, to say the movie is a perfect movie, I am not going to defend the movie and say it's better than Ragnarok or it's one of the best yeah. movies. Absolutely not. But the kind of like hatred that the film is getting, not as good as Ragnarok, but it does a lot of the same stuff Ragnarok does. Uh, I can tell you why I think the film has problems is that pivot from the jokey stuff to the serious stuff you know like we have jane is dying of cancer we have this very grim the universe ending <laughs> villain uh, very well done by a, a christian bale by the way performing really well mm -hmm. and i don't think the show the movie can elegantly go from like the comedic to the really really dark and serious it has struggles to do that so i do see that but you know every marvel film honestly feels like it's trying to do too many things at the same time that's kind of the, the formula at this point so I don't understand why there's so much hatred for this specific movie. Yeah, I, I don't get it either. I'm I'm uh, and believe me, I mean, you know, we've we've done enough of these podcasts, you know that I'm pretty critical when it comes to, you know, especially the MCU, you know, because you and in this and this particular um stage of the MCU, but but for the most part, I really like the movie. Um certainly not as good as Ragnarok, and it had yeah. some issues um that you that that I agree with, but I, I don't get the vitriol. Uh yeah to the movie i was actually really surprised because again i stayed away from the reviews and then after i saw it i was like wow a lot <laughs> yeah. of people hate this like hate i'm it. really hate shocked it. yes i would you, say you can't like, judge everything on twitter but like the twitter exactly is like horrendous <laughs> exactly like extremely yeah people are like this is stupid they yeah. didn't need to make yeah. it i thought it was i thought it was really good like the continuity what you know what he'd been doing after endgame and then he was with the guardians and you know then he breaks off and then you know you see sivs back and even the Jane Foster thing, you know, they, they gave it a good explanation as to why uh, Molnir, Molnir, am I saying it right? Mol uh, <laughs> I'm not sure. Yeah. <laughs> you know, why, why, why it chose her because yeah. Thor had asked Molnir, Molnir to protect her. And when she got cancer and, you know, a call to her. So even that made sense from a continuity standpoint and from the prior movies and so that and was it's canon from the comic book too. So and, yeah, and also yeah. her cancer, her cancer's in there too. I did okay. feel that was too rushed though. I did feel that. Yeah, um, she died pretty quick. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you know, I agree. I but you know, listen, I get the criticism that you know it was a little bit more jokey than Ragnarok. They were forcing the issue in certain instances. It was kind of you know even the the fight scene at the beginning with the Guardians. You know that was that was a little bit annoying. Where like he just you know takes over and takes care of everything while the guardians yeah. are just standing around there, you know, not doing anything. I thought that was kind of, kind of silly, but for the most part, enjoyed it. Didn't really have too much negativity. The only thing is, is like, I felt so bad for him that like he's lost everybody. And then yeah. of course he loses Jane now. And it's yeah. like, Oh my God, but he gets Gore's daughter, yeah. um, which in real life is his daughter, by the way, yeah, uh, the right. actress that played her. That was nice at least, but that, that, that I thought was a little bit weird, super evil villain. And like, he ends up like, you know, handing his daughter over to Thor. But, um, you know, otherwise though, I, I, I did, I did enjoy it. I just felt bad for the character that he's lost yet another 
another person he was close to. Yeah. I thought we were going to see Loki and Valhalla um, at the end, even though Loki, the other Loki is alive. Yeah. You know, at the TVA or whatever, the Loki that died in Endgame. I thought we were going to actually see him in that, in that last scene, but it was Heimdall instead, but I thought that was cool. Yeah. But he might be there. Might Loki might still be there. Yeah. I, I would say that, you know, not only that, I think that it was kind of weird that the movie kind of, shifted around too much in that tone. And I think that's kind of been an issue with Marvel in general in this new phase, honestly, and we're going to talk about this in a minute, but Dr. Strange has some of the same problems where when it is doing the Sam Raimi thing, which I'm a fan of when Raimi is just doing all his crazy, you know, fighting people with piano notes (laughs) into musical notes and, you know, turning the zombies into his like cape and stuff. All that stuff I think is awesome, really well done. But then there's, it feels like the first hour of that movie, it's kind of the opposite of Thor. The first hour, it feels like so clunky, like they're trying to get all the MCU, you know, dominoes lined up. And it's just like, oh man, like there's these movies in general and these TV series seem to be doing so much work to set up all the next movies that are coming, going to come. And now they're not just setting up like one movie like they used to. Now they're setting up like three series and four movies. And it's like they have to do all of that work. And then somehow they cram a, a one story into that movie. And to that point, I think that the Thor movie wasn't even that long. Some of these Marvel movies are really, really long. Yeah, the Thor movie was short in and comparison. And the, I said this in my review as well, but the MCU now at this point, they bake in like a reshoot schedule. You basically shoot the movie, they put it together, and then you come back for like two months to reshoot because they do new scenes, they do all these other things, right? And you know, the, the thing is such a giant industry that, that everybody's like, sure, no problem, we'll just shoot a movie for a year and a half. That's how, how they work now, it's an assembly yeah. line. But the thing that's crazy about it is when you consider that they kind of bake that into their process, you could have easily seen, seen this assemblage of the movie and been like, we need more time with Jane. We need to like, we need fewer jokes when we get to the dark stuff. Like there's probably a two and a half hour version of this movie with stuff that they shot, which is a better version of this movie. And I'm like, why didn't they just put that out? Like, yeah, Taika has already there said were, that there is like a director's cut. And I'm like, why yeah. don't you put that out? Just put that out. Like, it I'd like make to sense. see that yeah. because I did read that um, uh, Jeff Goldblum's character from Ragnarok's in it. Yeah. Um, he, his scene got cut. Uh, Peter Dinklage's character from oh, Endgame, right. yeah. uh, his scene got cut. And then what's her face from uh, Game of Thrones? Uh, Cersei. What's her, what's the uh, actress? Whatever the actress's name is. I can't remember. Uh, it's too yeah, late. Yeah, <laughs> she, exactly. I'm like, I'm too tired. But uh, she had a she had a scene apparently that was also cut out. It was kind of funny though seeing the act Matt Damon yes. reprise his role as Loki. Yeah. And uh, and Chris Hemsworth, the brother in real life, reprised yes. his role as, as I could Thor. Not, I had to look it up to see like who is yeah. that because I'm like, is that Crips Helmuth himself playing that character? He's like, no, it's his brother. It's his brother, <laughs> and then Melissa McCarthy is Hella. I mean, that yes. was that was really good. And then what's his face from uh, Jurassic Park was uh, uh, Odin again. I mean that that was good. That was really good. Uh, you know, so you know some of those things were funny and and uh, but I, I I don't get the vitriol. You know, like I, I just you know I go to these movies just to be entertained and it certainly wasn't like the eternals which was like yes totally like i don't i don't remember, <laughs> I don't remember a damn anything, thing about that nothing nothing, nothing about that movie. except for the celestial that comes out of the planet like you know but <laughs> right. otherwise like i don't remember the characters names or anything that happened in that movie i don't understand um, mythology and that's a perfect example of a film that like has no story and it's all yeah. just setting up like oh this guy's gonna have his own movie this guy's yeah. going to have his own movie. It's just like, oh, yeah, but what about this story? <laughs> what is this story? Like, yeah. It's, crazy. it's so crazy. Yeah. But no, no, I, I, I did, uh, I did like it. And, um, 
but but it wasn't it wasn't certainly wasn't as good as Ragnarok. Oh yeah, um, definitely. And last uh, but not least, definitely, uh, let's uh, talk for a few minutes about Doctor Strange, right? So now that's on Disney yep. Plus, of course. Yep. And I was a fan of that. Uh, and that also, by the way, had pretty mixed reaction from fans. Some people really don't like that movie either. I heard a lot of people getting mad being like, this is like a horror movie when, uh, you know, Scarlet Witch is like, which yeah. I thought was actually very cool. And Scarlet Witch is like kind of like appearing, you know, grabbing people like through any reflective surface. Yeah, yeah, that was actually that was very, cool. very cool. And then she's like basically like a zombie under in, in those like steam pipe yep. tunnels at one point. So that was all very, really cool. And I'm a horror fan. So for me, I thought this was all kind of fun. And it's that Sam Raimi type of horror where mm-hmm. you're laughing, you know, and and scared at the same time. I don't think the kids are going to have nightmares about this. Uh, that's why I like the third act of that movie is pretty strong because I think that the more off the rails it gets, <laughs> like from a Sam Raimi perspective, yeah. The more entertaining the film becomes. Yep. I also think I, that the resolution is very cool, right? That where they yeah. defeat her by giving her what she wants, which I thought was a very, very clever way to to resolve that storyline. I've told you, Doctor Strange is probably of of every entry in this phase of the MCU post Endgame. I think it's my favorite entry. I liked it better than Spider Man, oh, yeah. uh, any of the television shows that we've seen, and uh, you know, and I liked it better than Thor. And I went in with no expectations because I actually didn't think I was going to like it. I had heard so many mixed reviews about it. And, and you weren't again, a huge I, fan of the first one either, right? Um, no, no, I liked, I liked oh, Doctor did. Strange. Okay. No, that's what actually got me into the MCU. Well, oh, that was um, your first one. That's right. That's I'd, I'd seen Iron Man, but I didn't, yeah. you know, I'd seen Iron Man when it first came out and I loved it. But then I was like, yeah, I'm not really into comic movies and blah, blah, blah. And then I saw Doctor Strange with a buddy of mine and at, at my house. It was like on TBS or something. And he said, yeah, they're all, the, they're all this good. And I'm like, really? And that's what got me into it. So no, I really did like Doctor Strange, but this one I had very, very low expectations. I never got to see it at the theater. And then finally, when I saw it was coming out on Disney Plus, I said, you know what? I'm just going to wait for it to come out on Disney Plus. Like I was in no hurry to see it. And then I sat down and I watched it and I was like, holy shit, this is great. I mean, this (laughs) is like, this is my favorite one that I've seen since Endgame. Okay. Tied with Loki. I keep forgetting, you know, so Loki and Loki and Doctor Strange are my two favorite. By the way, written by the same person, by the way. both. Oh, no kidding. I I didn't realize that. All right. That's interesting. I thought the use of the characters was great. And I like America, uh, America Chavez. Mm -hmm. Uh, I like that character a lot. And um, and Wanda was awesome. The only negative I had was like how evil Wanda had become. But she was corrupted by the Darkhold. So that's why that's why she was like that. Um, That was my only negative. And, And then I guess a lot of people also were saying how it was her character resolution was very similar yes. to WandaVision. Yeah. So, yes, and I yes. could see that. I could yeah. see that criticism, but all in all, uh, that's a movie that I've already seen twice now. Even the second time I watched it, I was like, wow, this is really good. And, and I don't know if it's COVID by the way, because potentially, I don't know when the Dr. Strange was originally supposed to come out because it would make sense by the way, if Dr. Strange happens and then we have WandaVision. Right. So Wanda yeah. is dealing with the ramifications of of Doctor Strange and then manifesting these kids that she saw in this other parallel life. Yeah. And, and they kind of reversed it here. Right. Where she like she had the kids yeah. and now she. So I don't know if that's part of the covid, you know, because they rearranged the movie releases. And that might yeah. be part of the reason that MCU is kind of messed up right now is because they've that's possible. But uh, but I don't think that's true now that I just said that out loud, because, you know, the whole thing with her trying to reunite with her kids and that's something that they introduced in. WandaVision. Yeah. And I think people did feel 
I think that's one big complaint people had was that, you know, Wanda basically starts off as this totally messed up character. She finally like kind of comes to terms with things. And then the next time we see her, she's even more messed up. She's even more evil yeah. than she was, you know, just in the previous film. She's a, she's definitely a very complex character. Um, one of the more complex characters in the MCU. And you saw that even in Ultron when she was, you know, where, where, where she was introduced. Yeah. Um, but then ultimately switches sides and, you know, um, so she's conflicted. She's been conflicted in almost every everything she's been in, with the exception of Infinity War and Endgame. I wish they would start tying this together a little yes, bit, yeah. um, because even walking out of Thor, I saw it with my friend. I said, you know, we still haven't seen Kang anywhere, yeah. and you know, presumably, I mean, his existence is why the multiverse happened, and and we didn't see any multiverse in this in Thor, but obviously we did in Doctor Strange, but. We haven't seen Kang yet, and it's like kind of like it's similar to Phase One, where you know Thanos was pulling the strings. You know, you were introduced to some of the Infinity Stones early on, right? The Tesseract and, and what have you in Phase One, and then, but then like Guardians of the Galaxy, right? The first Guardians of the Galaxy, Thanos is pulling the strings of Ronan in that one. Yep. Uh, here, you're just you're not seeing anything yet, and I don't know if it's by by design or like you said maybe it's the covid thing and they haven't really developed it all out yet but well kang is the villain in quantumania and that's february so we're still yeah and but and there's and you know with all this onslaught of these disney shows which is just more and more of them coming some of them are just one-offs by the way there is um what's his name um that mexican actor he's he's in man wolf which is like a werewolf show which oh. is coming out it's like a two nights event oh. like around halloween so there's like there's just so much stuff coming up you know the the, the what if series are having another series of yeah. those coming soon so there's there's just so much stuff coming but i think sh- uh, movie wise they have the wakanda film which yep. a has to deal with the fact that obviously unfortunately black panther actor has passed away and uh, so there's no black panther in this <laughs> black panther sequel yeah and I'm pretty sure that doesn't tie into the bigger mythology either. So then after that, that's November. And then the next one is February, where we do have Quantumania. And uh, that's where Jonathan Majors is the, the bad guy there. So we definitely Kang oh, okay. in that. Yeah. And that's probably where they're going to start tying these things together. Yeah. But here's the question I had for you in general. What I just started noticing recently is that what they're obviously doing now, not obviously at the time, but now I'm starting to realize what they're doing with this whole slew of films is introducing younger Avengers, right? So you have Yelena, yeah. you know, you have young Hawkeye. Yep. You have, um, I'm not going to know anybody's names now, everybody. Sorry. It's like late at night. My name, yeah. my recognition goes right out the window, <laughs> but it's like, you know, you have the young character, you have uh, America, like you mentioned already, you have uh, a Thor's um, adoptive yep. daughter. Yep. Uh, and uh, so you have like, like this whole slew of young character so i think that they're trying to set that up my first question is where are the dudes man where are the young dudes you have you you run down the list of this whole new generation ms marvel you know you go down the the, the whole slate you gotta have a bunch of 40 year old dudes and like 16 year old girls in the next <laughs> next iteration of the uh, avengers it's got <laughs> a weird avengers. combination <laughs> exactly well you have moon knight <laughs> yeah yeah great <laughs> <laughs> what we all want. He's like, what, he's, he's in his fifties. He's like, that's still not easy. exactly. He's 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 really he's really Poe Dameron who will bring back bombers in space that drop bombs with no gravity. You know, <laughs> exactly. Here we go again. Here we go classic, again. classic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, you know that's actually a good point. I don't know. I mean, you know, we'll see how we'll see how this develops um, and, and what goes on with these next few uh, 
uh, with these next few movies, but I'd like to start seeing some, I don't want to say continuity, but some sort of direction where it's headed because presumably you're going to get to an end line. But, you know, the one thing I will say is though, you know, again, my favorite movies, my favorite entries have been characters that were introduced in the first phase. So Thor, Dr. Strange, Spider-Man, Loki are probably my four favorite entries in, in, in this phase. And they're all characters that were introduced in the first phase. So that's one thing that's a little bit troubling. Although I did like Shang-Chi. That's a good character. The new characters post-Endgame are not too particularly memorable, right. in my opinion. Shang-Chi, yes. You know, like we said, the Eternals, no, no. nothing memorable with that. Yeah. Kamala from from Miss Marvel's good. Yeah. Um, but Moon Knight horrible. Like you know, Yelena, I, though? You're like uh... Oh, Yelena, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Yes, good point. Yeah, Yelena was very good character. You're right. You're right. Yeah, I forgot. I forgot that Black Black Widow was part There's of too much. There's too much. Yeah. A friend of mine was just talking about that, saying the whole phase four is the wheels have fallen off of Marvel or something. And uh, the, there's two things I said to that. I'm like, one is I agree to some extent. Yeah. However, what I'd say on the other hand is that there was like after Iron Man, there was not a lot of really good. <laughs> you know, yeah. the next, that, that whole phase two of um, of Marvel did not have a lot of good movies in it, you know, until they, you know, had the Avengers film. And then after the Avengers film, they hit another rough patch. So it really didn't start to really coalesce until later on. And the other thing that is very troubling is that you think about getting up to Endgame, right? Getting up to Endgame was like a 17 or 18 movie cycle, which is crazy, 18 movies. Since Endgame, we've had like seven movies, like six or seven uh, films, and there's like another 10 coming. Like it's, yeah. it's, it's insane. Like there's just way too much out there. Like, uh, and that's why I actually don't mind when they kind of have this. I was actually kind of looking forward to a Moon Knight type show where it could just kind of be off on its own. Yeah. Because it's like, we don't need to tie all of these 45 things together. Cause it's not going to work. It's going to be a total mess, you know, by the end. So, um, but you know, that didn't turn out to work out very well, <laughs> but I was looking forward to <laughs> yeah. something, something else, but you know, I don't get one thing I also don't get is uh, um, where, you know, we were talking before, like with with uh, in Miss Marvel, you've got the dimensions, which maybe it's similar to Doctor Strange, where he had the dimensions, you know, the various dimensions. And then you have the different universes as opposed to the different dimensions. The other thing I didn't get from Thor was the gods. Where, and it's sort of like Moon Knight, too, like where. You always thought that Thor was a god, right? But right. in actuality, he was Asgardian. And so they were just from a different planet where right. they're just like, you know, super strong, you know, sort of like a Superman thing, right? Um, but I think Gore, how do Gore the, is a god killer, right? So yeah, Gore's so coming. like how do, the, how do the gods play into, like, Who knows? when they went to <laughs> Zeus's palace or whatever, like, yep. is that a planet? Could I get there? Like, yeah. how do you, like, how do the gods relate to these other characters like are they interdimensional beings like how do they relate to celestial like that i didn't get like that was there's like, all these was, different gods was like jesus and allah there too and we just didn't see him in the yeah <laughs> exactly like that's that's just it like how how does that work you know yeah. so that was one thing that i was kind of like okay kind of don't understand that one too much because zeus is a god but maybe he's just a guy from another planet and super strong because right. Gore wanted to kill Thor and Thor's the God of thunder, but really Thor's just an Asgardian. Right. So maybe gods are just from different planets, but then Korg had a God and his God was there. And it's like, well, he wouldn't be hanging on, hanging around Korg's planet with Korg. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I understand. Like everybody could say, 
you know, we've talked about this in the past too, you know, like, dude, you're reading into a comic book movie a little <laughs> bit too, you know, a little bit too seriously. But once again, my feeling is it has to stay consistent within the rules in which it's created. And right. so you can't just start creating now like these deities that somehow exist outside the plane of existence, but are, you know, capable of interacting with humans. I, I don't know. I hadn't even considered it, thought, thought about it to that extent. And I was almost going to make that same argument that you, you know, just stated that you're being like, oh, you're, you're thinking too much into it. But now that you've kind of opened that, you know, <laughs> Pandora's box, it really does become like incredibly co- confusing because you think about like Gore is coming around and like killing all the gods. What makes like an Asgardian a god, right? Because what? Because people worship them on Earth. But it's like, okay, so how is like, for example, uh, um, Captain Marvel, how is she not a god? Because she has all that power. It, exactly. Right? So and they're like, oh yeah, but you need yeah. to be worshipped. It's like, yeah, but isn't she kind of worshipped as a superhero? So it's like, what but like, what differentiates any of these things, right? One exactly. Like, because Thor's not a god. Thor's an Asgardian. So it's like, well, then why would he want to kill Thor? You know, so it was like, and I get it. He was going after Thor to get the book to, to get, was it Stormbreaker? Uh, so, you know, yeah. the, the axe, you know, to open the Bifrost. But that's that was the inconsistent part of it it's like is zeus so is zeus from another planet like (laughs) you know like i don't get it that was the one thing that bothered me and it's sort of similar like where spider-man i enjoyed that movie as well but the thing that bothered me with that was of course the end where like everybody forgets him but like how do how do they forget him like he helped the avengers kill thanos like so that they just know that it was this guy spider-man but they just don't know his what they should have done really was just make everybody forget Peter Parker is Spider-Man right. and everybody would remember Peter Parker and everybody would remember Spider-Man, but they just don't know that they're the same person. Yeah. And they want to set up that whole uh, tragic ending where he has to like give up his friends, which I totally yeah. understand. But like you said, I think that they reverse engineered it in a bad way where they felt like, ah, we got a plan for this. You break it down. And, and we've already <laughs> talked about this <laughs> ad nauseum, but I still, it still bothers me. Yeah. You know, like I just go back to the idea, like did all the YouTube videos of the uh, yeah. of, um, of him, uh, you know, saying, you know, Spider-Man is Peter Parker. Did that all disappear too magically? Like, how did that happen? You know, like uh, did all exactly. the videos off of people's phones disappear? Like what happens? Like is is MJ going to open her phone tomorrow and be like, oh, my God, that random guy. I, I'm making that with that guy in my Instagram pictures. The random guy who came into my coffee shop. What happened? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that changes that changed time, you know, and they said that you couldn't do that in Endgame, you know, so we're fans. I mean, we're not, you know, but you would have to think that like the people that are writing the movie are really hardcore into this stuff. This is their job. Wouldn't you you think like somebody that's sitting (laughs) there going, I have a better idea. Why don't we just make the spell? Everybody will just forget Spider-Man's Peter Parker. That way his friends will remember him, but just won't remember him as Spider-Man. It's like, yeah, that's, that's better. Like, yeah. Nice job. Instead, it's like, no, we just, nobody knows who Peter Parker is. And it's like, how's that even possible? Right. You know, exactly. so it's, it's like one of those things. So I kind of had the same issue with Thor with, with, with the gods thing, whatever, you know, I guess, you know, it was overlooked somehow. So a challenge to anybody out there who's listening to this, if you can tell us why, yes. what makes Thor a god <laughs> versus, and also opening it up to the floor, anybody who can explain, the ending of Spider-Man. So many people defend that, but none of the explanations I've heard make any sense at all. So if anybody out there has a legitimate explanation for the finale of the Spider-Man No Way, no Way Home. All right. I think we have to wrap We have to wrap it up there, Nick, but thank you again right. for yep, the conversation. Good talking with you. We'll do it next time, maybe after next Breaking Bad or something. Yeah, absolutely. Sounds good. All right. Sounds good. Talk to you soon. All right. Take care. Have a good night.
Right, you too. What am I to you? We're just going to do this right now, huh? Well, I guess it depends. Up until today, I would have said you were someone I considered to be a part of my family. What changed? You want me to say it out loud, or would you like to do it? Hello, Emily. How in God's name did this happen? What do you mean? You know what I mean. There are safeguards on top of safeguards to prevent exactly this kind of thing from happening. I don't know exactly. You don't know? My father asked me what I wanted to do with my life. It was 2002, and I told him I wanted to protect my country. He said he knew someone who could help some guy who was a mentor to him back at the agency, who could pull some strings, he said. Once I was in, I never asked again. That's just not how we work. It was done. I just put my head down and I did the work. You did the work. Is that supposed to make a difference? Angela, Jesus, I don't even know what to call you. You think I'm someone different now than I was five minutes ago? I think you've been someone different as long as I've known you. I think you've been lying to me for as long as I've known you. I have been nothing since I've known you but loyal to you. All right, on the more disappointing side of things, I do want to spend a few <laughs> minutes talking about the old man. So on this very podcast, we have been watching the old man and I just kind of brought it up. You know, I had nothing to talk about that week and I wanted to have a conversation with Celia. So I'm like, hey, let's watch The Old Man. I like Jeff Bridges. Let's check it out. And uh, those first two episodes directed by John Watts, the guy who directed the, the new series of Spider-Man, the most recent three movies. I thought those first two movies were impeccable, like just so incredibly well done. The pacing was great. The way that it was telling its story, like kind of in like drips and drabs. I thought it was so interesting the way that it was put together. And then the third episode, I had a couple of qualms and Celia actually had some positive feedback there that kind of made me kind of second guess some of the things that were kind of rubbing me the wrong way in episode three. But boy, we didn't talk about it last week, but episode four and now episode five, holy cow, what is happening on the show? And uh, feel free to spoil here, by the way. So we are going to spoil episode four and episode five, both currently available on Hulu and on FX now to watch if anybody is watching the show. But I think we have to spoil what happens in those episodes for me to talk about how much I'm disliking <laughs> the direction the show's gone in. But uh, what's your general opinion of these last two episodes? And then we can get into details. I believe that, remember all those questions? I'm like, why would you join the yeah. CIA if you were trying to be a secret yeah. person? And why all these things? All the Why is that, why is that lady so wishy-washy? And why is he taking her with him? And does, you know, this girl's boss know who she is? Like yep. all those questions are answered on an airplane. Yes. yes. This whole show starts to come off the rails in a couple of ways. One is that it, it's almost like obvious to everybody, even in episode three, starting in episode three, that Elizabeth is obviously um, the assistant uh, is. Um, yeah. So starting in episode four, it becomes like pretty clear that Angela is Elizabeth. And I was thinking to myself, and I'm, you know, we had this whole conversation in the last episode, the last time we discussed the show, about wow, this is starting to get pretty obvious. And how did she get this job? And uh, Harold, 
Harper, which is John Lithgow's character, is, uh, you know, he, she works for him. And I'm like, how is this happening? How is he not that savvy? What is he, like an idiot or something? He yeah. is. So that's like. He yeah. didn't and, know. And we're, and we're supposed to believe that he's like so sharp. And then we're like, oh, my God, this guy's like a moron if he doesn't notice this. And then uh, that's the first part of it. And then on the opposite side of it, even worse than that whole thing is what happens with Zoe. The, um, I mean, it turns out, this is so crazy. It turns out that Jeff Bridges character is like a billionaire because, and maybe we're hearing a lot of it, a little bit here that his ex-wife knew about some like uh, mine that the Russians are trying to get their hands on. So maybe they somehow got their hands on it. Cause now he's like a billionaire that these people are managing his money and they never see him. And now he's coming out to Los Angeles, like in public. I mean, aren't people going to see him like uh, on TV, this billionaire is suddenly back around. Like, is anyone going to, or just the fact that he is a billionaire would have made him yeah. really obvious on TV. But, and at even some if he's point, just like, well, I've been invisible for decades and they've just been investing my money. Even that is like, you know, isn't anyone ever going to like do an audit and be like, where did all this money come from? And then find out who he is. Uh, it, it's just crazy that why, and why even do we need him to be a billionaire? Like it's, is he suddenly, he's suddenly Batman. Like, I don't understand why this has to go in this direction. And then of course he is Batman, right? We find out. And on top, and on top of him being Batman, then he like leaves Zoe at home with her dogs and she decides like, I'm fed up with this. I'm going to pretend to be his wife and take half of his money. And he just lets it happen. I'm like, what is happening on this show? Like, how does he not murder her immediately? <laughs> it's insane. I think like at first I was like, maybe he, cause he was like, come with me, come with me to do dangerous things so I can save my secret daughter. And she is like totally fine with yeah. it. And he was about to write her a check for half of his yeah. fortune. She could have just, you know, gone to the ATM and never had to work again. But now she's with him. And I'm like, does he want to kill her? You know, like, I'm not, I'm going to pretend to give you my money, but now I'm just going to take you with me into a situation where I can make it look like an accident or I could just kill you and leave you in the desert. Yeah, I mean, that well, like, why is she? No, I'm, pre them? I'm pretty sure that there's no way at this point. If I put money down, there is absolutely no way in hell that at this point where the character's at that he is going to kill her. Because we now see his internal monologue with his ex-wife and she's like coaching him to like, no, stick by this. It's this whole crazy romance plot, like kind of you that you see in, I don't know, like in rom-coms or something where someone like is like love at first sight. And they're coming up with all these crazy logistical challenges to try to explain why these people should even spend another five minutes together. And it's nuts. And like you, like you were saying, there are ways you can fix this. You could imagine her doing this very thing, like basically putting herself in a situation where she knows, like basically daring him to kill her because, and, and you have all the seeds here, you know, she was abandoned by her husband. She may be, you know, you hear, you hear that conversation she had you know, with him at dinner, she might be a little unstable when you hear that conversation. And then when her son calls up because he forgot, she forgot to pay that check or the check bounced because of her ex-husband, her son treats her like absolute shit. So you can imagine her being like, she is about to commit suicide. And then this guy intercedes and is trying to save her. And now she's like, she really doesn't give a shit what happens to her. Like she could die. She could care less. You could make a character like that. And this show would work better than it is now. And then he would be like, my God, she basically wants me to kill her. Am I going to kill this woman? You know, like, it's almost like he, he's more reluctant to kill her because she is, you know, desperately suicidal, right? It's like exactly what she wants. 
that would make the character work more than this thing where he's like, kind of like, I need a partner and I can't trust myself anymore. And I just have this <laughs> gut feeling that she's that type of person. And then his ghost wife is telling her, go for it. And the daughter's getting on the phone and being like, dad, you don't know my dad, but trust me, you want to like, you know, put all your chips on him. Like, what are you talking about? What is happening in this show? Feeling that there's a difficult conversation that we should have. Oh, fuck. What's that? I am forging the name of this woman who toyed with empires and... I'm not the Marsha Dixon you planned for. I am not built for this kind of thing. Oh, this is the woman who just separated me from half my money. Feeling that there's a difficult conversation that we should have. Oh, fuck, what's that? I am forging the name of this woman who toyed with empires and... I'm not the Marsha Dixon you planned for. I am not built for this kind of thing. Oh, this is the woman who just separated me from half my money. Well, that was different. You don't get what you can do, do you? Oh, well, in my world, you spend a lot of time learning to find the cracks and things, or fractures, or fragile points and things where pushing a little can change a lot. It's a sense that you work hard to develop an intuition for weakness. Most people, you know, they don't see the world that way. No, we prefer to well, see things whole. Taught to keep things whole. Your life's easier when things are whole. I look at you, I see a person who doesn't need to look for cracks in anything. You, you just see them. I think no one's ever offered you any idea how to use it or what it's for. And I think that you can only ignore an ability like that for so long before it finds a way to remind you it's there. How can you say something like that? How can you, you barely know me? This relationship is absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> well, some of it's funny too. Like, first of all, her walk makes me laugh for some th reason. She's like hunched forward. She's like bow-legged. And she's just always looking like kind of confused. And um, there's a scene where she walks up to that guy's house to, I guess, negotiate yeah. with him because she's like a badass yeah. now. Um, and she's just walking up with her bow legs hunched forward, trying to be like this really demanding, rich yeah. woman so that dressed in terrible, a terrible outfit. To the point where she brings up her outfit. How do I explain my outfit? And he's like, rich people don't explain anything. So she goes up to the door, all awkward, and then decides she didn't do a good enough job because the guy kind of yeah. dismissed her. And she just goes back and gets what she wants. She is, they are like Bonnie and Clyde. They are a team. But they're not even Bonnie and Clyde. He's so proud if of her. Had He's so proud. Yeah, but the thing is so stupid about that. And that scene drove me nuts because it does two things that I can't stand. And, and I talked about this with Sona when we were talking about Ozark versus uh, Better Call Saul. 
and uh, and she's a big fan of Ozark, by the way, and I and now I am not. But the one thing we were talking about is like how Better Call Saul always shows its work. Like it shows you every single step. If they pull off a con, you see every single little link in the chain. It all falls like it's like a dominoes one after the other after the other. And they've laid the groundwork and showed you everything. With Ozark, they do exactly this, where it's like, I'm going to walk into that room and I'm going to tell those guys, I'm going to tell them something that they've never heard before. And uh, I'm going to act like a hard ass and they're going to believe I'm able to pull this off. And everybody's like, oh my God, we're never going to see your father again. He's going to walk in that room and get murdered. And he walks into the room and then the music swells because, oh my God, he probably got murdered. He's been taking too long. And he walks back out and he's like, I did it. And that's it. Like, we have no idea. How did he do it? How, how did, you know, what did you tell them? They just, you know, look the other way and just like, you know, hand wave it away. Oh yeah, yeah, we got it. It's good. And I'm like, and, and this is, and this is exactly what happened. It's exactly what happened in that scene where she's like going, she goes back again, like you said. And uh, he's like, she's like, I did it. We don't know how I she, <laughs> I don't even know what she yeah, did, honestly. Exactly. What did she yeah. do? I'm like, she yeah, did it. Exactly. Yeah. She did it. And she tries to explain it being like, you know, I just asked him because, you know, when you showed up, he was like kind of taken off guard. And now I just asked him. And it's so funny when she says that, I almost feel like he's, she's lying and she like killed the guy or something in the, in the apartment. But then like in this circumstance, that doesn't work because if you were like, if it was something like, you know, I don't want this guy to talk ever again. And she's like, I give him a good uh, stern talking to, and he's never going to talk about this. And then we cut back to the apartment and the guy's dead. We're like, Oh my God, she's like a killer. Right. But in this circumstance, like he has, he has to make the trade. She can't make the trade on his behalf. Like she doesn't know where the money is set up or how the accounts are set up and everything else. So she just walked over there and says, do it. And he's like, okay. After he kicked her out. I mean, none of this makes any sense. It, we did it was the Uggs, the Uggs oh and the, the dirty sweatpants. Yeah, exactly. He was charmed. It's so, <laughs> it's so crazy. So many odd things that she does. First of all, she could have escaped so yes. many times when they were in the Seven Eleven parking lot or something. And he comes back and he's explaining why they're going to drive further to a secret spot. She could have just left, right? When, I mean, a hundred times she could have left. She could have run away. And just now when you were saying she went in there and she killed that guy, or she could have went in there and been like, listen, I am a hostage. This guy is crazy. He, you know, blah, blah, blah. This is a secret man. And then gone back to the car and been like i did it none, none of this did she do that we don't know none of this makes did. any sense at all he could have left her there after he killed the assassin and he knew the cops were 10 minutes away he could have tied her up and left her there what was she going to say i know what this guy's alias is they already know it what is she going to say i know what this guy looks like they have photographs of him they know what he looks like so and then it's just like well you know he's on the run and at, at that moment it kind of makes sense because it's just like he is like just this old guy with these limited resources but it's like no he's headed to la which he's going to drive to la from god knows where and then he's got billions of dollars waiting there for him so it's like so what does he need her for what does he need her for like it doesn't make any goddamn sense at all this is ridiculous like utterly ridiculous <laughs> I mean, we have to watch. There's only the rest two more episodes, so I got to watch it now. But it's and by the way, there's other ridiculous shit going on here, but this is the, the most ridiculous by far. Is the whole Zoe relationship is horrible. But like you said, the other thing is now, thank God, 
that we don't drag on the like, does he know it's Angela or not? He is smart enough. Uh, John Lithgow's character is smart enough to realize immediately, I know who you are. Don't, I can't believe how did this even happen? And then you're like saying, well, then how did she get into this position? But now that makes sense too, by the way, right? So they've explained everything other than the Zoe relationship, which is ridiculous, but everything else has been explained. It's his very friend, the Joel Gray character. It's him who has set this whole thing up. He's been orchestrating all of this from the very beginning, right? So now all this crazy coincidences make sense now. Good. Okay. Thank you for that. But I still was so annoyed watching the show because it's exhausting. This entire show, this entire episode, the most recent episode, was people sitting down and explaining to us in the audience like why the ridiculous shit we watched is happening. It's almost meta. It's almost like a, John, a Charlie Kaufman script where they're talking to us because we're like going, why would you do that? And they're like turned to us and they go, well, because this is like a ridiculous plot talking like, you know, if we were in a movie, this would be absolutely ridiculous. And I'm just like, and that is supposed to be the thing that because they acknowledge how stupid it is. What is it? The series of events that it took to create this moment. Oh, from where you and I started before all this uh, to reach this point. I don't care. However we got here, we're here. That we're supposed to be like, yeah, just like a stupid show. It's like, no, 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 this is a stupid show. <laughs> you can't get away. You can't get away <laughs> saying this is like a stupid show because you are a stupid show. It's too late. Yeah, I don't know if they can clean this up in two more episodes. Oh, and the last thing I'm going to say, which I really, it just annoys me is the writing on this show. As much as I loved the way that this show was written early on, and I mentioned it in the very first episode saying that there's something really great about Jeff Bridges, where even when he's delivering this kind of dialogue, this kind of very portentous dialogue, he doesn't even sound like he's doing dialogue. It's just like he's just coming off the top of his head. He has a unique skill being able to pull that off, right? And John Lithgow, on the other hand, maybe not as much, right? But at the same time, that style of talking is perfect for John Lithgow's character. So it works. But this is the kind of writing where every single person in the show speaks exactly the same way. And it starts to get ridiculous when, like, for example, you have these people, you know, uh, John Lithgow's character and Angela talking to each other in the exact same voice. It's like, where did she, where is she talking like this? Like, where did she get that from? She's not an 80 year old man. Right. And like, why is any Amy Brenneman, Amy <laughs> Brenneman is talking the same way. It's like, wh how is she suddenly talking in all these oblique references and stuff like that? Wouldn't she just be scared and, and say, I don't understand what the fuck is going on. Like why, where is one character in the show talking like that? It doesn't make any sense. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. If I was her, I would be figuring out a thousand ways to get yes. away from this. I would be like, first chance I got, I don't care, jump out of a well, car. She could have made that choice a long time ago. Into a mall. She could have yeah, made that choice a long yeah. time ago. They but obviously, if I yeah. somehow decided to go along with this guy, I don't know, I'm suicidal. <laughs> right. Who knows what I was thinking when I got here? I would still be like very weirded out. So I would not look relaxed and chill and want to delve deeper into my new 
love passion that I'm going to follow to the end of the world. Like none of that would be happening. It's also nuts. Like when she just sits there and starts going like, if I'm going to be your partner, you're going to have to tell me all these things about yourself. And he's like, I don't want to have this conversation. Like he could just be like, I'm going to tie you up and throw you in the trunk. And I'm going to like leave you at the airport or something. (laughs) And he has already done that. He started off by tying her up and driving away with her in a trunk. This is how it began. The romance. It's so crazy. This whole thing is just so out of control right now. It's nuts. Like, it, and I cannot believe that the show is at this point after being like so excellent for the first two episodes, it's like really just a shocking reversal for me. <laughs> really unbelievable. I, I agree. I still think that the magic house ended better than this thing is going to end. I, I mean, it's worse than that. In a way I was really looking forward to them renewing it for a second season. It did get picked up for a second season this week and uh, and I, now I'm like it's that makes it even worse because I start feeling like this is going to be one of those shows that like ends on a cliffhanger or something and I'm like and I got to tell you at this moment I am not coming back for another season so it's not it's not I don't care I really don't care how it turns out I'm gonna I'm gonna watch it only because there's two more episodes but these last two episodes have just completely soured me on the show it's like it's an unbelievable reversal from how ecstatic I was at the beginning to where I am right now. And those long conversations Oof, that you yes. really liked, now they're like excruciating. Yeah, yeah. Like, stop it. I don't want to yes, hear any more. Yes. They say one million words when three words could have done jo- the exactly. job. And it's never over. And it's always, that's the other thing too, <laughs> is I love like these kind of long prosaic uh, conversations when they're like deep, like in those early episodes when he meets Joel Gray for the first time and he kind of lays the themes of the show out where there's all these things you sacrifice to save your name or your history or your reputation. I like all that stuff because it's like kind of like that table setting. But when you get into like the thick of a show and everybody talks like that all the time, it's just like, what do you want for dinner? And it's this long diatribe about like the history of eggs or something. It's like, shut up or like, I don't care. Like, it's just so tedious. Well, two more episodes to go. <laughs> yes, so everybody quit the show. If you haven't started watching it, quit now while you can. Uh, I really, yeah, I, I honestly, do I don't it. think that, I mean, I, I really, at this moment, I would literally tell people to quit the show because I feel like at best they are going to get this thing into a, I accept, <laughs> like, in other words, they can get to the end of the season. And I'll be like, I, I find that explanation acceptable, <laughs> but I cannot be like, wow, that was a great season of TV. When I get to the end, I, I am so far from that right now. We can yeah. do it. Two more weeks, two more weeks. At least yep. we have blackbird to watch so that's something to look forward to <laughs> yeah so far so good <laughs> let's see for the same way like oh man these first two episodes are incredible and then four episodes that, i'll be like oh, i cannot believe this garbage one two three four five six So you wrapped up the Bourdain documentary. I know you had started it last week when we were talking about the bear. Um, Anything you got out of that last section? Anything you want to talk about? What I got out of it is that I still think my theory, (laughs) and I don't like having theories about people who are not sitting around to defend themselves, but I still feel like he might have been a kind of introvert. He was an introvert. He was lost. And then he had that affair, which is what I was watching when I started watching the end of that. 
that didn't go well, he might have really been in love with her or believed it in such a way that that he really couldn't take the disrespect of that situation. But it's not even something that like is I don't feel like we should even pin it in that way, because I don't like when people are oh you know they broke up so like it's i i don't mean anybody was at fault it was just what i got out of it was that he was miserable at the end and he's never been really happy this is what i was reading yeah i totally agree with all of that Uh, kim actually just watched the documentary and we had this conversation just last night and i feel the same way uh there's been some criticism of the documentary saying that they really pin his suicide on her and I don't think a documentary does that. It definitely like shows all the negative things that happened during that period of time. But I think it's pretty clear that people, you know, they have their criticisms of her, but at the same time, they're just somebody who are, who were dating at some point. Right. And he was very serious about her, but they make it very clear that he is like a, an obsessive, right? Like he got completely obsessed with Taekwondo at one point and he, uh, or jujitsu, I should say, actually. And, um, you know, that was his obsession for a while. And she was the obsession, but he's also an addict, right? He, his personality is to fixate and get addicted to a particular thing. So I think he was addicted to her, but I think you bring up a really interesting point, which I feel the same way. It oftentimes is, and I think about the girl from Plainville in this regard as well, like you were saying before, not to say that anybody in that girl from Plainville show as well, in that whole circumstance, because those are real people that anyone is, I'm not saying that exonerating anybody for their culpability in that situation, but I do find it interesting that like when a guy commits suicide, it's like, why did she break up with him? Actually, by the way, that movie, the men that I told you about that I watched recently, that Alex Garland movie, which is available for rent right now, if you want to check it out, but that's literally what it is about. It's like basically about her in this abusive relationship with her husband. And when he commits suicide, which happens at the beginning of the movie, it's not a spoiler basically everyone around her is like saying like, why did you do that to him? And she's just like, I just wanted to live my life. And they're like, how could you let him do that to himself? And it's like this guy blame that gets placed on the woman for not saving the man. And meanwhile, if a woman commits suicide, it's just like, she was crazy. <laughs> that bitch is crazy. You know? So it's, it's this interesting thing where yeah. he's always looking for someone to blame. And it's like, maybe like you were saying, maybe he was overwhelmed by his fame. Maybe he was an, an addict. Maybe he had, tasted every food in the world and was still not happy. And he just thought like, I don't want to live this way anymore. Right. Maybe it wasn't someone else's fault. <laughs> you know, So it's just like this uh, crazy thing that we always have to blame somebody. Yeah. that. So, I mean, I thought it was very well done and I admired his work. I think he was a great character in his life, which he wanted to be. So I think that he would be happy with the results of his life's work. Yeah, I agree with that. I think that he made that show. It had his own personality in it. And I do agree. I think that that is where I think that despite the absolutely tragic ending that he came to, obviously, other than that, I really found the documentary to be kind of inspirational because his life was kind of inspirational. Here's a guy late in life who becomes this celebrity who redefines like food culture in a large, to a large extent. And at the same time, and, you know, when I say that, you know, food culture wasn't even a thing at the time, you know, when that book became a bestseller. And then now, of course, it's hugely popular. It's like, you know, these restaurants and these people travel to eat at these Michelin star restaurants and there's TV shows with these celebrity chefs, et cetera. So it's like this whole culture that he kind of created in a way. But beyond that, it's like you were saying is that he was a fabulous. He was somebody who wanted to 
be inside of a movie. He says this directly, right? And he got to basically author this life and of his own. And I find that incredibly inspirational. It's terribly sad that he couldn't appreciate it more. But I mean, I said at the same time, I think it's almost like an inspirational story. Yeah. So I think everybody who's interested in travel should watch this. I would watch it for the travel aspect, but there's a lot of letter, a lot of layers otherwise too. And and it touches on what could be mental illness. It touches on addiction. So many things. And the scenery is beautiful. He talks to really interesting people, especially later on when he wants to speak to people that have been through very difficult times. And he starts going to places that have undergone terrible weather or earthquakes, or he goes to Africa at one point. Is it Haiti? I and think Haiti. that's, ve- yeah. Was it Haiti? Haiti after, after that? That was very yeah, sad. Exactly. Yeah. So oh, and, and, and then he's in the Middle East during, uh, where is he? Um, I forget where he is, but there's a very interesting moment where he's in the Middle East. I can't even remember the country he's in. And uh, he's talking about how they're like waiting to be choppered out at the hotel. <laughs> there's literally like people being bombed, you know, across, you know, across the city. So it's, it's pretty nuts. And he's watching this in a bathrobe, yep. drinking exactly. wine. And he's horrified yep. that, He's he's watching this. He can't believe that this is happening, but he's uh, there's nothing he can do about it. So so there he is standing there just observing how ridiculous and awful this is while he's drinking wine. He points out that he is just hanging out. He says it says a lot of things about his lifestyle and not not good things. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. He can't believe it. So people are dying. Literally. Far away. Tens. 20, 20, 30 people maybe are are dying while he's sitting there sipping his wine. So yeah, he didn't love that, but it's very interesting. Very interesting to watch. And I'd say that this is really, uh, you know, people who want to see this behind the scenes. And it's, I, I agree, it's very well made. It's, you know, excellent, uh, you know, use of these interviews with everybody who was close to him. And he didn't have tons of people who were close to him, by the way. So, you know, he gets interviews with all of them. And it's really, really well done. And, and I think it really is a tribute to him, even with the sadness of the ending. And it is not depressing until we get to the very end. I, I have to make that clear because people I know I've talked to like Sona, for example, she won't watch it. She's a big Bourdain fan. She won't watch it because she thinks it's going to be depressing. I'm like, it's depressing in its context, but the documentary itself is not depressing. So I want to make that clear. But what it does make me want to do is to revisit a lot of those episodes when he was in Cambodia, when he was in Provincetown, again, talking about his addiction when he was younger. Right. And it's like uh, when he's in New York, when he's in New Jersey, visiting all the diners here in New Jersey, that was a great episode, by the way. Right. So it's like, you know, and of course, when he's in these exotic places around the world as well. So, yeah, I think, uh, you know, track it. I mean, Netflix still has some of his seasons. He has so many shows. He did like 20 years of shows. So between CNN and Netflix and Hulu, you got a lot of different episodes and you could just find, maybe I'll include it in the show notes. You could just find websites where people say like, these are the essential 20 or 30 episodes to watch. And I think, uh, and I will put that in the show notes. Basically anybody who's interested in finding out more about Bourdain, check out that list of episodes and uh, where you can, where you can watch it. Okay. All right. Talk to you soon. Bye.